Hi there, you are listening to the Being Unstoppable podcast, where we talk about being unstoppable in your brand, business, and life. I'm your host, Carolee Fontanelli, and as an entrepreneur, lawyer, course creator, and author, I understand what it takes to strive for the next level. Through 20 years of having several businesses, making a ton of mistakes, and celebrating loads of success, I love to share my secret sauce, tips, and strategies on how you too can become unstoppable. Welcome to the Being Unstoppable podcast. I am your host, Carolee Fontanelli, and I hope that wherever you are tuning in from, you are having an incredible day and your week is on fire to get things done and to be unstoppable. So this week we are talking about an incredibly important topic and that is how to create a really successful client onboarding experience. Now the reason that this is so important for your business is that you work so hard to get clients in the door. You can't just open a business and expect that people will find you. You actually have to put yourself out there. You have to do all the marketing, which is something that we talk a lot about on the podcast. You have to get all of your funnels up and running. And to do all of these things, it costs money and it costs time. So you don't want to be spending all of your money and your time on getting new leads and getting clients in the door to only set them up for failure once they arrive in the doors of your business. Now, what do I mean by that? What I mean is that when you onboard a client, so your client, they're sold on you, they think you're amazing, and they want to engage you to do their work. But then things fall apart once they engage you. And they can fall apart because they don't feel acknowledged once they join your business They don't feel like they're getting quick service. They don't feel like they're getting service that they deserve or a number of other things that go on. Now, think about yourself as a client. When have you engaged someone and then soon after you feel remorseful or worried that you've made the wrong decision and that you should have gone with the other company? Hands up if you've ever felt that way. I most certainly have. In fact, I had a very recent experience where I felt like that for a number of weeks and I stewed and I stewed and I stewed. I'll tell you the story. So I signed up for a service and I was sold their top package and it was very expensive per month. And I had agreed to it and I was super excited because we did the strategy meeting which was really their sales meeting. And it was super exciting that I was going to be getting this incredible transformation and all these results. Anyway, it was a month to month package. And for the first month, it was a lot of money, more than $5,000 a month. And I got a few weeks down the track or at least two weeks down the track. And I thought, I haven't heard from these people. And I'm already halfway through the month. And then they organized one thing for me to do, which took an hour of their time. And then I started thinking, that is a lot of money for one hour of their time. 
and we haven't got a plan in place for anything else and I haven't heard from them and I've got their top package and they're not really treating me in the way that I would expect. So then what started happening for me as a client is that I started stewing on it and I another few days went by and I thought I've got to do something about this. So I contacted them and I said, look, you know, you've onboarded me and I just don't feel looked after and I am losing trust with what I've actually purchased because it's a lot of money and so far I've got two emails from you and I have got one thing booked in for the whole of the month and, you you know, you're not really looking after me in the way that I'd expect it. So we had a conversation. In fact, we had lots of conversations about it. And in the end, I downgraded my package with them. I downgraded by half of the cost. And I felt better about that. And in fact, they're pretty lucky that I stayed as a client and didn't downgrade and not be a client with them at all. So that was my experience. And as a result, they're getting half of the money out of me. Now, what went wrong? What went wrong was that they didn't give me the attention I required to feel like I'd been acknowledged or looked after for the money that I was spending. Now, maybe it could be argued that my expectations were high. Uh, maybe not. That's debatable. And they had a whole lot of answers, etc. for all of that. The reality is, is I lost faith in the package I'd bought and I started having remorse. Now, you don't want to have clients that feel like that. You want to have clients that once they get onboarded with you, they feel as equally safe and as equally looked after um, and that they've made the right decision because it is going to set you up for a much better relationship. So let's get stuck into talking about um, your client onboarding process and how we can make it better so that you don't end up with clients that were like me, where I then left and downgraded my package by half. Um, So, you know, when you onboard a client, how do they feel? Are they happy? Are they mediocre? Or are they frustrated? And that is really, really important because um, you don't want frustrated clients. And ideally, you don't want mediocre clients either. You want clients that are super happy. So when you onboard them, you want the process to bring you raving reviews. You want to get paid without getting having any disputes down the track and you want them to refer clients to you. Now, you're not going to do this or have this happen for your business if you have upset clients or if you have mediocre clients. You want them to be happy so that they're raving clients. And the way to make them feel happy is by onboarding them really successfully. And as you, if you're a solopreneur or a solo practitioner, it's easier to onboard people because you have all the control of doing that. You meet them, they love you, you onboard them, you look after them, you're excited. But when you start growing a team and you start letting go of looking after the whole onboarding process yourself, the only way that you know, you can guarantee that they're going to have a great experience with your business or your firm is if you have a system in place and your team 
can onboard them successfully. Now, I am excited about this topic because I know in my own law practice that we used to onboard clients ad hocly without a system. And as a result, I would get frustrated because things weren't happening the way that I wanted them to happen. So for example, a client would come along, they would see us for an initial appointment, and then they'd come back, say, a month later, and they pay their money because now their matters become urgent for them. Now, it's not urgent for us. We think, oh, well, they've taken a month to come back to us. But what happens in their mind is that they have come back and they have decided that their matter is urgent. So what they want is urgent attention. So it's not good enough to leave them sit there for a day or so before you contact them. If they pay your money into trust to get your job rolling and they return the cost agreement or whatever it is that needs to happen in your business for them to engage you, they want to know straight away that you've got them. And for them to know straight away that you've got them, you need to contact them, have communication, do all of that stuff. And for in order for that to happen, you need to have a process so that your team knows exactly what to do. So for example, in my business, once they pay monies and trust and they return their cost agreement, they get contacted by our admin team straight away, thanking them for all the documents or asking for further information, whatever it might be, and giving them a trust receipt to let them know that we've got that money and it's all been, the receipt's been issued. And then that very same hour or so, the lawyer who is going to take that job, they also get notified. And then from there, the process is is that that lawyer contacts them straight away. And if not straight away, very soon after, because for us, it's so important that our clients know that we've got them. And the only way that they know that we've got them is with that communication. Now, in order for nothing to get missed, we have a system, which I'll talk to you about soon. But what successful client onboarding means is that you start the relationship off on a foot that is going to be really good as you go forward. I used to do all the initial appointments myself and then we'd onboard clients and then people would say to me after a month or so with being at our firm, they would say, oh, I really liked you and I felt so confident, but then I've gone over to this other lawyer and I haven't felt as confident since then. And that was a really difficult thing to hear and it was a really challenging um, thing to overcome. And it made me upset, obviously. And it makes you feel like only you can do the work and, you know, you can't trust team members to do it for you. But the problem with that attitude is it's not scalable because I'm just one person. It's not scalable. And we want to create a scalable business. And the only way that we can create a scalable business is by getting all of these things off your plate as the business owner. You're only one person. You can't do everything. And so you've got to break down every last area of your business and you've got to create a system for it. So you need to create a system for micro things such as onboarding a client successfully. So creating a system to successfully onboard your client, what it means is that you're going to have greater client retention, 
it's going to set the tone for an ongoing positive relationship with your clients. You're going to avoid invoicing and dispute issues leading to debt collection and more wasted time in your business. Uh, You're going to ensure that your client's expectations are set up for success through the entire process while they're with you, which is going to save you time and money down the track, not having to fix issues or put out fires. Who wants to be a fireman putting out fires 24-7? Not me. Um, You will also obtain raving reviews and ongoing referrals. So you are going to be growing your business. Um, You can create raving super fans and reduce client churn and burn, which obviously saves you money. So best practices for onboarding clients. Let's talk about that. So the first thing is to understand your customer. You should know back to front your client's persona and what unique obstacles each of your clients have and what their pain points are. You need to know the challenges that your clients face as well as what their ideal solutions are. So for me in family law, I know that even though their matter is not urgent, most of the time, 95% of the time, our matters are not urgent. I know though that our client's persona and their pain points and the challenges that they're facing It means that for a successful onboarding experience for our clients, they need immediate attention. They immediately need to feel supported by their lawyer and my firm so that they feel um, like we've got them because we do have them, but they need those touch points to feel that we've got them. So understand your client. Now, if you Um, have done a lot of work on who your client is. That's so helpful for your marketing, but it's also so helpful for your onboarding as well. That's the sort of stuff that we cover in the Scalable Business Lounge. We understand your client back to front so that you can structure your business perfectly for them. Number two best practice is to set clear expectations. This is the number one. In fact, I should have had this as number one, not number two, (laughs) because it is the number one thing that is going to help your clients onboard successfully. Before they retain you, they should know exactly what to expect from you, from your business, from your team, and what their process looks like. During your sales process, which could be an initial appointment, it could be a strategy call, whatever it is that you want to call it, it's actually your sales process. Maybe that's another podcast for another day. Um, During your sales process, you should lay out um, the qualifying factors for using your service. Okay, so set your client's expectations up and this should also be carried on through your onboarding process and you need to reiterate the value of your service and what your client should be prepared for, including sticky points and potential setbacks as you go down the track. If you set your client's expectations up from the beginning well, you will have a much happier and much more engaged client through the process. You will have to start putting fires out if you don't set their expectations up properly. And this is all around 
process, what to expect, what your next steps are, what their next steps are, uh, and what the costs are. Nothing worse than when you get a month down the track with your client and they say, I didn't understand that. That wasn't what I thought. You're not meeting my expectations. You don't like to have those conversations. No one does. So set clear expectations and avoid it completely. Um, Third best practice is to show value. So before your client engages your firm or your business, you need to re-emphasize the value of your service um, and how it's going to transform them. All the services that we provide, everything is transformative in one way or another. How are we going to transform them? And in family law, for example, uh, you know, uh, that's pretty tricky because they can't see the transformation. So I help them with the transformation and set their, their mind up towards goals. We talk about goals and we set their mind up towards goals and I show them the value by showing them how we can help transform their life, even when it's such a serious and difficult time of their life, we are still able to do that. So if you can show value and show the transformation that you're going to be providing by your clients using your service, you will have a happier onboarding process. Number four best practice is to stay in constant communication with your client. Don't assume that your client knows every step. You know every step, your team knows every step, but don't assume your client knows every step. I think that without undermining or being rude to your client, think about talking to your client like they're a four-year-old, no matter what you do. Explain it in simple terms that even a four-year-old could understand it. And when you stay in constant communication and you outline step-by-step, you can't go wrong. So even though it might seem weird me saying that about talk to them like they're a four-year-old, they don't know. They don't know. And we don't know what we don't know. So outline every single step. You can't over-communicate. Um you know, and let them know when the client's going to hear from you or your team and what to expect in that regard as well, and then follow through with it. So I'll say to my clients, after you engage us by paying monies into trust and returning the cost agreement, you'll hear from my admin team. These are the different emails that you will receive from the different people in my team. This is my accounts person. This is when we invoice you. You know, I set all those expectations up. When your file then gets transferred to your lawyer, you'll be introduced to your lawyer and these are the next steps that your lawyer is going to help you with. So it's really staying in that constant communication so that they know exactly what to expect from you. The fifth one is to go above and beyond. Your goal is to impress your client so much so that they can't help but share their positive experiences either by referring you clients or leaving you a raving review on Google or Facebook or wherever it is that you put your reviews. Um, This is what is going to make all the difference to your business growing. Um, And it's also going to give you and your brand a really great name, one that people can trust and rely on, which is exactly what you want for your business. Um, The other thing too, just as a bonus tip, is that to go above and beyond, you could surprise and delight your clients. What do I mean by that? I mean, you could 
do something different. So I'm going to give you an example of a recent time I was surprised and delighted. I went to the Eco Daintree Resort, I think it's called, right up in the Daintree. Beautiful, amazing, amazing accommodation, which I absolutely loved. And inside our rooms was a little, a bottle that was ours to keep. And it was just one of those insulated bottles. And it had their, it was white with their logo on it. And it was so cute. And me and my daughter got one of those each. And you could fill like the tap, you know, using the tap, which is all the rainwater, you could fill the bottle. It was, it's literally like a $3 item that you can buy on Alibaba. But I was surprised and delighted and I just loved it and I've got those bottles still and we still use them. So, you know, it could be a gift like that. It could be an email directly from you thanking them for you for engaging. It could be a thank you card or a postcard. Uh, At our firm, we have got these gorgeous gift boxes which we've created and made and they've got one of my recipe books in them and a keep cup that's handmade it's a ceramic handmade keep cup and some tea and um, a thank you card so um, we've that's how we surprise and delight our clients so go go above and beyond so just to outline all of the onboarding practices I'll quickly run through them again one understand your customer two set clear expectations Three, show your value of your firm or business. Four, stay in constant communication with your client. And five, go above and beyond. And bonus tip is what can you do to surprise and delight your clients? So what I recommend from here is that you set up an onboarding process for your business. Even if you are a solopreneur, Because when you start getting a team, you are going to want your team's help with onboarding. I don't do any of the onboarding anymore myself. It's completely away from me. And it's so amazing and fun when you see how many new clients have engaged you and you haven't even had to have your finger on one of them. Uh, It's all been done behind the scenes and it's been done in the exact most perfect way that you have set out so that you know that all of the clients that come to your business are looked after as if they're being looked after by you, which is exactly what you want when you are scaling your business. Remember that when you are scaling your business, you need to do things that set you up for scaling your business. If you are running your business from your head, then you're not going to be able to scale it. So you need to get these things down on paper Uh, digitally or actually on paper, whatever the case may be, and set up a process for every little area of your business. So go away, set up an onboarding process if you don't already have one, or if you do have one, but it's a bit flip floppy, re-look at it, pop it down on paper. I hop into Canva and then we create these really great processes and have them um, in Word documents and, and files, all of that type of thing so that anyone who needs to can find them. Next up on the podcast, I'm going to be talking about tech that can help you with onboarding. So stay tuned and jump into the next podcast next week. And until then, bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Being Unstoppable podcast brought to you by my personal brand, Freebies, which you can find at caroliefontanelli.com. 
If you got value from this week's episode, I would love it if you would hit subscribe and take a minute to leave me a review. You can connect with me on Instagram or Facebook. Just search for Carolee Fontanelli. Until next time, remember, if you believe in yourself, you will be unstoppable. Oh, 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 o